0: Uh, hi, this is Andrew Kreisberg, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio.
1: DC is releasing Supergirl Essentials. Melissa Benoist dub smashes for charity. And we talk about Winslow Schott. This, this is Supergirl, is Supergirl Radio. Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to CBS's upcoming Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. I'm Teresa Giacino. And my name is Rebecca Johnson. In this episode, we're going to talk
0: about the character of Winslow Schott with our special guest, Steve Eunice from the Superman homepage.
1: Welcome to Supergirl Radio, Steve.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, but before we get to our discussion, as always, we have... the news. According to newsorama.com, DC Comics has rush-solicited DC Essentials Supergirl 1, a reprint of the New 52 Supergirl 1 from 2011 for publication on October 21st. And of course, you know, you kind of have to imagine that we're going to see more of this. Uh, there's going to be more Supergirl in comics as the show gets closer and closer. I, I can't imagine they wouldn't do that.
0: Yeah, and even though I'm not as crazy about the New 52 Supergirl, um, I'm glad to see that this is coming, and this is something that they are going to put out in in relation to the CBS series. And I I noticed uh, our friend Ange on Twitter had uh, written up a post on his blog about what he would pick for Supergirl Essentials. So um, if you're like me and you're not as crazy about the new 52 Supergirl, um, he's got a great list at uh, comicboxcommentary.blogspot.com. So it, it'll be interesting to see what else uh, comes out as we inch closer to the premiere of the show. I yeah, actually
2: saw a, um, uh, a thing from Jim Lee today, the co-publisher at DC Comics, who... Uh in an interview hinted that there might be a new Supergirl comic book coming out to coincide with the release of the CBS TV series. So we might see a new Supergirl title coming out um, that might uh, tie in somehow or perhaps be a new title altogether.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah, no, I saw that too and I got really, really excited. Um, Actually, in that that interview, uh, Jim Lee told uh, IGN.com uh, quote, we'd be remiss if we didn't use that as an opportunity. If you look at all the shows, we've tried to do things that both tie in directly into the core mythology of the show itself. But a lot of times you see the best stories featuring, let's say, Green Arrow or The Flash. Those are the ones which see the greatest lift when a show becomes a hit. I think you'll see an interesting mix of Supergirl content come out, some of which will closely mirror what's going on in the show. But there's some of the great stories that we publish that we will put out, um, So it sounds like they're going to try to maybe explore some tie-in comics to the show, but also kind of remind people that, you know, she's always been a great comics character and kind of reissue some old stuff as well and maybe um, hopefully rejuvenate the title, you know, as it was.
0: Oh, yeah, that's definitely what it sounds like when, when he's talking about something that closely mirrors what's going on in the show. I don't know if that's going to be because it's going to be a tie-in or if it's just going to have similar themes or, or using some of the same characters. Um, but that's very exciting to me. And I actually think they've done a fairly good job of making Supergirl stuff available within, like, Comixology in the DC Comics app where they, they had the, the, the big bombshells sale. Uh, a little yeah. while ago, where things were ninety nine cents, I bought a whole bunch of Supergirl stuff uh, <laughs> when it went on sale for ninety nine cents. So I would love to see some, even you know,
1: older stuff come out, even with maybe tie-ins to the new show. And uh, and I love what they did with the uh, that TV Guide special um, San Diego comic that they did with Melissa Benoit's Supergirl drawn in. Um, so it, it'd be cool to see, kind of not necessarily tied into the plot of the show, but a you know, comic version uh, of Melissa Benoit's Supergirl having completely different adventures that are separate from what's going on in the show. I think that would be really cool.
0: Yeah, like maybe, uh, you know, something that's kind of maybe off screen that's happening that, that we don't, sort of like a bonus feature uh, exactly. in, in, in the comic. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love that comic too, so I hope we get to see more of that. Well, um, according to the Parents Television Council, CBS's Supergirl is among the most family-friendly of the new TV shows debuting this fall. The Parents Television Council picked Supergirl for its, quote, delightfully cheerful and upbeat tone along with fantasy violence that won't frighten children as much as the other superhero shows. (laughs) Um, And they also consider Supergirl a terrific role model for young girls. So if you're a parent hoping to watch this show with your kids, it sounds like you can do that.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where where this show will really find its success. I mean, obviously Arrow and The Flash have their geek base kind of set, you know? But so where Supergirl will kind of have something different to bring to the table is that not only will it appeal to comics geeks and whatnot, but it'll also appeal to families just looking to watch something good for an hour with their kids before they go to bed or have to do homework or whatever. So it might have a little bit more of a mainstream appeal in that way.
2: And isn't it about time that we finally have a superhero show or movie or whatever it might be that kids can enjoy that's not a cartoon? It's, it's finally something yeah. out there that we can share with you know, children um, because it's, there's been so much of late that is so dark and gritty and geared towards the adult audience that you really can't take kids or even young teenagers along to watch these movies be- or TV shows because they are so dark and gritty and, 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 and adult.
1: Definitely. No, it's it's really true. It's like we forget that comics used to be for children at one mm-hmm. point, you know? And now uh, all those people grew up and started making comics, and they were making comics for themselves, kind of forgetting the kids in the process. So I think, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah,
0: I like <laughs> – honestly, I like the dark and gritty stuff sometimes. Um, sure. But but I think it's um, I think it's a good balance for me personally, just to have, you know, I can have some of these darker stories, but then I also can enjoy the lighter tone stuff. So it's mm-hmm. nice to have that balance of, of, of content out there.
1: Yeah. And I think we're seeing a trend toward that, too. I mean, that was what was so kind of relevatory about The Flash, the the TV series, is because, uh, you know, it had a lighter tone than Arrow. Arrow was kind mm. of like Batman with arrows. <laughs> and, you know, The Flash is kind of more upbeat and hopeful in tone um, by comparison. Um, but it is kind of only by comparison. I think Supergirl right. genuinely is that. So it'll be cool to see. Um Well, if you have been paying attention on the interwebs to the dub smash battle for charity between Team Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Team Agent Carter, uh, in which the casts of both shows have been doing lip sync battles via dub smash to raise money for charities, uh, you might have noticed that our very own Supergirl, Melissa Benoist, Joined Team Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wearing a Supergirl t shirt uh, for a dub smash version of Why Can't We Be Friends? <laughs> uh, which is totally an appropriate song because uh, that short video has not only Melissa as Supergirl, but folks dressed up as Deadpool and Batman mm-hmm. along with Sky and Agent Colson. So they can get along uh, and be friends, if only for the name of charity. <laughs> but uh, if you do want to check out the video, or if you want to donate to the charities that the casts are helping out, um, that's St. Jude, uh, Jude's Children's Hospital uh, for Team Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Team Carter is uh, helping stomp out bullying. Uh, visit crowdrise.com slash dub smash wars. That's such a fun way to raise money for charity. <laughs> Definitely. I, I mean, I've, I've been loving watching the videos since they first started and and the fact that they realized how awesome they were and continued to do them with this in mind uh, and helping out. Charities like that is really cool. Yeah, and it's fun
0: that they're kind of bringing in people to help with that. I noticed one of the Agent Carter videos had Miss Piggy on there. So it was, yeah. kind, of, <laughs> it was kind of fun that uh, the team agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, brought in Supergirl to kind of compete with that. So I, I like that they're, they're, they're not only doing it themselves, but they're kind of getting other people involved. So that's awesome. Totally. Well, and for our last bit of news, CBS released a new video called Meet the Supergirl Cast. So head on over to cbs.com or youtube.com slash supergirl to check it out. It's a really great video that just kind of gives a little intro into who these characters are, who's playing
1: them, and uh, just made me really excited about the show. Awesome. Yeah, no, I love stuff like that. And any, right now, like it's so close, you could taste it. So, like, any new, any new bit of like stuff is, is very exciting.
2: I Um, do have to say that I'm a little bit annoyed at CBS and their YouTube channel for making all the videos only available to US residents. So, if you're outside of the US, the video shows up and says, I'm, you know, sorry, but you can't watch this video in your region. I don't understand the reason behind making them, you know, region. Specific, you know, uh, fans outside of the US who are going to be able to see the TV series on their own ne- networks. Here in Australia, we'll be watching it on Fox Eight. I don't understand why we can't see these videos along with everybody else.
1: I mean, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, the the whole region thing is is just stupid. But like, uh, when is it being released uh, in Australia?
2: Well, what's the premiere date? the premiere dates december uh 6th i think or december 8th but um you know regardless these videos aren't showing anything that uh spoiler material i mean right. if you're going if you're able to see them before the premiere why can't we see it before our premiere
1: yeah i mean they probably have their own like marketing plan for australia sure. blah 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 but like yeah it's 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 silly i mean really uh, you know the deals have already been made and the the dates have already been chosen why it couldn't just broadcast worldwide on the same date, like the way Doctor Who does uh, on, you know, BBC America and on the BBC, like, you know, the whole world sees it at the same time because they know the internet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like they've wised up.
0: Uh, well, I'm curious, Steve, do you guys, do you guys get that stuff like closer to your premiere date? Uh, does that show up online somewhere, like on the the Fox 8 website? Does that kind of stuff... Papa good up question for you i guys. don't know
2: if I don't know if Fox eight will be doing um, if they have their own YouTube channel for that kind of thing. I know Canada's global TV has their, has been doing some promos and things, but um, I don't know if can Canadian fans watch the American YouTube channel. Are they restricted or, or not um, I'll be interested to to hear from any Canadian fans whether or not that's something that uh, they're also restricted from seeing because I know their release date is the same as the u s
1: Hmm. That's a good question, I don't know yeah I'm not usually uh, usually we can see stuff from like space over here, you know like, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, and I mean space the channel, not space like yeah. see things from space, but yeah, yeah. Um, yes, uh, so I think that might be con- like we might be considered the same region, um, yeah. but I'm not sure, and honestly, with the internet, it shouldn't even matter yeah. um. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, hopefully you'll be getting some cool stuff soon. Actually, I did see a, um, a video from the Philippines, I believe. Um, it was kind of a joint commercial because I think one – channel one cable network in the Philippines is showing Flash, Arrow, Heroes Reborn, and Supergirl all on the same network. Huh. So they did a a kind of combo commercial for all their superhero shows. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. That like uh, they're from totally different networks and whatnot, but like they're airing them all together in the Philippines on this one channel. So
2: Yeah, 8 are doing the same thing here. They've got a combined promo, which is actually currently up on Supermanhomepage.com. Of uh, hero, uh, sorry, um, the Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl, which will all be shown on Fox Eight, and there's a combined DC Comics commercial that they're showing here on TV.
1: Oh, that's really cool. So you get your own fun stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but we can share it with the world. <laughs> that's true. What's wrong with us? I don't know. Um, well, be that as it may, let's get back into our discussion and getting into our character spotlight for this episode which is Winslow shot. Uh, Whether he's the toy man or the guy in the office who has a crush on the hero, there's a lot about Winslow shot to discuss. And we can start with what we know about the character um, as he'll be appearing on the CBS series. So what we know about the CBS version, he's being played by Jeremy Jordan, not the 90s pop singer, but the (laughs) actor who was on Smash and several other things. Um, The CBS character description is... This 20-something tech whiz slash comic-con stalwart toils for Catco as a programmer, unaware of his own toying potential. <laughs> unaware of her secret, he carries a torch for Kara, whom he lives next door to. <laughs> we know that uh, in a great moment in the, uh, the trailers that we've seen, Kara shows him what she can do. Um, he helps Supergirl with her costume. Uh, as well as thinks that capes are lame. Um he displays toys on his office desk at Catco. So he seems like a like a pretty fun kind of character. Uh Steve, what do you think about uh what we've seen so far of Jeremy Jordan's Winslow?
2: Yeah he's definitely a, a character that is nothing like his comic book counterpart uh if obviously we know uh Winslow shot in the comic books becomes the toy man. Um, but, uh, in this iteration of the character, he seems more like, um, I, I guess the name's thrown out there for the sake of the comic book fans to say, Hey, you know, what's this guy's story going to be down the track? You know, is Supergirl, uh, is Kara letting him in on, on the secret, um, doing herself a disservice is, you know, is that, is that going to be a problem down the track because of the mm-hmm. fact of who he is? We don't know what his character storyline might play out to be. But at this stage, I think he's a great foil for her. He kind of has the the Cisco vibe from the the Flash TV series, <laughs> yeah. the, the helper, uh, the guy who comes up with some of the lame names and some of the things that <laughs> are going to play out for, for for Kara in this TV series. But uh, well, I like him as a character. He's is is a likable fella. You just wonder about the choice of the name.
0: Yeah, that would be really cool if he did sort of have that Cisco naming thing. Because Supergirl will have some characters who will come into her path where they they may give them nicknames, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like Helgramite. <laughs> um, well, I guess Helgramite, they'll, they'll name him after the bug. Like, oh, he looks like a Helgramite, as right. if you know what that is. Yeah, so that would be, I hadn't thought about that, but somebody's got to name him. I don't know if the DEO will do that or if Winslow will do that, but yeah, he seems really fun, and I, I'm with you, Steve. Like, that's part of the intriguing part of this series for me, is how does this Fun, loving, nice guy, seemingly nice guy go from just being the guy in the office to being the toy man that 's what i 'm looking forward to most with him
1: and I think too I like uh, we kind of talked about this a little when we discussed uh, Hank Henshaw, um, where you know the character seems one way, but then there 's that you know, comic book past that you kind of can't ignore. Um, And I think it's an interesting point you bring up, Steve, about, you know, will his knowing her identity be a problem for her? Um, How will that, you know, how will he become a foil for her? Or will he just continue to be this, you know, have this puppy dog crush on her? Um, I feel like there'll definitely be more with him down the line. um, And whether or not he becomes a villain or, you know, he treads that line very carefully, maybe... You know, he does become the Toy Man full out. Maybe he he kind of rides the line between good and morally ambiguous when helping Supergirl. Who knows?
2: Mm, and it'll be interesting to see whether or not that love triangle that that you know crush that he does have on her you know sours because of the fact that she does she isn't into him, or because he he feels that uh, James Olsen is kind of uh, shoehorning his way into Kara's affections. Um, mm. You know, there's there's that angle to that could possibly play out to sour his feelings towards her.
1: Interesting, yeah. Yeah,
0: and we'll see uh when we kind of get into the comic book uh and and all other portrayals of the character of Toyman uh but I think his uh his crush gone wrong possibly um on Kara sort of reminds me of Toyman's uh tendency to be something of a <laughs> a disgruntled worker of sorts where he mm-hmm. might get fired and take some vengeance out on the people who do him wrong so i could see that kind of coming into play uh, on winslow's side of that triangle
2: what i do find interesting is the character description that you've read out a little earlier um some of that you know kind of doesn't really play out too much because of the whole thing of him being unaware of her secret, he carries a torch for Kara. You think that that would be something that would play out through the season, but in yeah. the first episode, he finds out straight away. So, uh, the fact that he carries a torch for her um, will obviously continue, but being unaware of her secret really isn't part of the series so much because in the pilot, it's it's out there straight away.
0: Right, and I think the going back to the point where it might be a disservice for Supergirl for him to know. Um, mm. it, knowing so much of her secret might come back to bite her in the end, because what if he knows about kryptonite? What if he knows about her weaknesses just as much as, you know, all the cool stuff she can do? What if he knows about the things that can hurt her? So mm. that, that to me will, will come into play, um, you know, big time if that's the case. Totally. Well, now that we've talked about the CBS version of Winslow Shot, uh, let's talk some about the comics, which I had a lot of fun learning about because I am only really familiar with the the one version of Toyman, which is Winslow Shot. But there are actually three versions of Toyman, so um, we'll just start talking about just kind of the generic things about uh, Toy Man right now. Um, Winslow Schott is most famous in DC Comics because he is also, of course, known as the Toy Man. And some of the general kind of Toy Man characteristics that are usually associated with him are that he uses toy-based or toy-themed devices to commit crimes. Of course. Um, Which, it sounds really um, (laughs) silly, but it's sometimes very scary. Um, He is a mechanical genius and he is Often involved with the Legion of Doom, the Injustice League, the Secret Society of Supervillains, and Superman Revenge Squad. So uh, the Legion of Doom, you will, uh, you will find a lot of connections uh, <laughs> with Toyman because uh, I've noticed that the Legion of Doom comes up a lot with him. Um, so there are three versions of Toyman, uh, the first one being Winslow Shot. Uh, he was uh, created by Don Cameron and Ed Debrotka having first appeared in Action Comics number 64. And his backstory involved having his own toy store called Shots Toys and a wife named Mary who was killed after she got hit by a car. And so after his wife's death, Winslow sold his toy store and found out that his mechanical toy designs were actually sold to weapons manufacturers so i guess he didn't <laughs> i guess he did not read the contract very well when he signed it over uh, because, because that
1: uh, totally happens because i'm gonna go to war with nerf
0: yeah i don't know what toys he was designing that uh became uh you know big time weapons but apparently
1: that happened he has the best model airplanes ever like the designs <laughs> are so awesome
2: oh you should see his teddy bears they're frightening <laughs>
1: Um, So when he couldn't get
0: his company back, Winslow sent a teddy bear, like Steve suggested, (laughs) to the man who lied to him, which of course was a weapon and killed him. So that is deceptively uh, villainous to send a teddy, uh, teddy bear to do your dirty work. Um, but there's, there's some interesting things that happen with Toyman that I've noticed, um, because after all of this happened, um, Jimmy Olsen apparently did some research and found that there was no record of Mary, his wife, ever existing, or that Winslow was even married, and that Mary, his wife, was just one of his robot creations. Kinky. So, <laughs> so that is a, that seems to be, uh, I've noticed that something that, toy man can use to his benefit sometimes where he will use kind of a decoy of a real person So um, and that actually kind of comes up with his very famous story with him murdering Cat Grant's son, Adam. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, it's he's he's the murderer behind it. But Winslow tells Jimmy Olsen that he didn't directly kill Adam. So he's not directly responsible, but that it was a simulation of himself so he could avoid being caught and thrown in prison, which is actually pretty smart. um, But he uses that as an excuse, I think,
1: sometimes. Well, we should throw him in a simulation of prison, <laughs> yes. and it'll it'll be almost it'll be like prison, but it's not real, but it'll feel real, <laughs> right? Um, and so,
0: the last kind of big thing that I found with Winslow uh, in the comics was that he played a part in the destruction of New Krypton um, because he's actually the one who triggered uh, Reactron's self detonation, which killed everyone on New Krypton, including Kara's mother. So he has uh, a, a direct um, specific connection to Supergirl with that. So, um, Steve, what is your association with the Winslow sh- Shot version of uh, Toy Man?
2: Yeah, well, he's always been the most prominent version of, of the Toy Man character. Whenever you say Toy Man, people and ask for people who his alter ego is, people will say Winslow Shot. The others are less uh, familiar to people. Um, so, I having been a more recent comic book reader, uh, rather than, you know, the Silver Age or Golden Age stuff, uh was more familiar with the uh the whole Cat Grant story of uh, the son, death of her son Adam and and that version of Toy Man and um obviously through uh some of the the, the animated shows, the uh, animated version of Toy Man and um so yeah, it's he's an interesting character. He's not necessarily one of Superman's or Supergirl's most well-known or um, villainous characters, but can be quite, um, quite a pain because of the, the comical angle of his, you know, of the toys and the, and the, and the, the sinister you know, side of, of that. And uh, I think that was played out probably best in the animated series uh, on oh, TV. Oh yeah, big
0: time, big time. Well, um, so like I mentioned before, there are actually two other versions of Toy Man, which are lesser known. I had no idea that these guys existed. Um, I'm more familiar with the Winslow shot version as well. Um, But Toy Man number two uh, was a character named Jack Nimble. So (laughs) I guess that's a, a play on, you know, Jack Nimble, Jack be quick. Um, But uh, in the 1970s, uh, this Jack Nimble uh, became the second Toy Man when Winslow shot retires from crime. I guess somebody had to take up the mantle of Toy Man. (laughs) And so (laughs) he he first appeared in Action Comics number 432. And what I found really hilarious about this one is that he wears a jester costume. Um, And it's not a real great looking – like when I think of jesters, it's not – what i really think of him uh like what i think of what jesters look like um but he definitely has a, a costume that uh some would recognize as a jester so the thing that i find interesting about the different versions of toy man that are not winslow shot they still have a connection to winslow shot so this jack nimble version was actually murdered by winslow shot with a mechanical toy bird. And so after, after um, Winslow Shot kills Jack Nimble, he reclaims the Toy Man mantle in Superman number 305. So even if he's not Winslow Shot, Winslow Shot still plays a part in the Toy Man legacy. He wasn't ready to retire. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he was tired of staying at home, like, you know, planning vacations and feeding the dog. He was bored.
0: He's like, I miss crime. He probably, missed his, he probably missed his toys, too. Um, Steve, do you know anything about uh, Jack Nimble?
2: The character design is very f- similar to the uh, design that was in the Super Friends cartoon for Toy Man. Uh, that type of jester look was the Toy Man that appeared in the, in the Super Friends cartoons of the ah. 1970s. So um, I guess that's, uh, that's where that uh, particular look came from.
0: That would have made sense at the time with with Jack Nimble kind of being part of the comics in the 1970s. I guess they just took the most recent version of him and kind of threw him into the Super Friends. Mm. Well, and the third version of Toy Man is a character named Hiro Akamura. And he is a teenage mechanical genius. You have to be a mechanical genius if you're going to meet Toy Man. Um, he's a mechanical genius from Japan who first appeared as Toy Man in Superman Volume 2, number 177. And the really interesting thing about this version is that while Hiro is Toy Man in Japan, Winslow Shot is Toy Man in the United States. So I guess they had an international agreement that they could both be Toyman. Man. Um, <laughs> A League of toy men. yes, which would be really cool um, and so Winslow apparently had a robot version of hero, which seems to be a thing that he does throughout his history and so from what I understand nobody really knows if hero was actually a real kid or if he was just a creation of toyman so I don't know if you know anything about that Steve, but that's very interesting
2: yeah hero Hi- uh, Okimura is actually um well, he calls himself the Toy Man, but he's actually not a villain. Um, he ha- actually helps Superman and Batman in some of the comic book stories. He builds things for them. He's, um, you know, He, he has been um, a, a, a helper to them. Uh, why he called himself the Toy Man, I don't recall as to the, the reason behind that. But um, yeah, Hero's been, uh, I think it was in an animated movie too. I think he might have been in one of the, whether it was, Public Enemies, or the the follow up to that one, the Batman Superman comic book, uh, sorry, animated movie. Um, he was, you know, built the the big robot that was half Superman, half Batman, the composite Superman Batman robot, and uh, is is yeah a, a, a hero in this version of of the the Toy Man character.
0: Yeah, I think you're actually thinking about Superman Batman Public Enemies correct so, yeah so yeah he does he does appear in that so that's really interesting so it, do you know that if he is like while hero is being a hero is winslow shot over in the united states being a villain
2: yes winslow's always a villain uh it doesn't matter what version of uh the comic book stories um he sometimes you know says that he's um you know he, he's gone you know away from hurting people that he just wants to build toys he just wants people kids to enjoy his toys but he always turns, there's always, you know, something in his mind. I mean, the villains never think they're the villains of the story. They always think that they're, the, you know, on the side <laughs> of right or they've got a reason to, to be the way they are. And I think Winslow is uh, very um, indicative of that type of thinking.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, now that you've described uh, Hero, I actually, like, remember reading, I, I remember a character like that from from Batman. Um, you said that, that he's worked with both Batman and Superman? Mm-hmm. Because I seem to remember him in in some – and I'm trying to remember now which Batman story I saw him in um, or where he was alluded to. It was one of those um, – was it the Neil Gaiman? I'm not sure. Um, But anyway, it was – I do remember it being cool that like, you know, that uh, whatever the adventure was and I have the brain of the – memory of a goldfish but uh, I do remember that whatever story it was I thought it was cool that he was kind of getting that Batman was kind of traveling the world and getting help internationally and that this version of Toy Man was one of those people that he was getting help from mm. uh, but now I'm, I can't place the story so if anybody remembers something like that where Batman was kind of traveling around and and it was a more recent one because I, sh- I just started reading comics in like 2004 so um, it was somewhere in that in that space of time uh, do let us know. So I don't get driven crazy trying to find this on the internet.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's cool that Batman actually, uh, you know, asks for help. That's good. Um, Shock <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, and Steve, I'm curious about the, uh, the, the idea that some people don't know if hero was actually a real kid. Is that something that you came away with regarding his character? D- did he seem like he might have been a creation of toy man?
2: Um, I, I do recall there's something being something about that, whether or not he was a, a robot or not. Um, it, it, they've cha- uh, DC Comics changed continuity so much, especially in recent times, that it's hard to keep straight in your mind what is and what isn't real. And they've done that with a number of the villainous characters in, in recent times, especially with Brainiac. Uh, you, you know, is that the real version? Is this a version of that someone's built to you know to be his his drone or whatever it might be? So. Um, kind of drawing a blank on whether or not Hero was at one stage or not supposed to be a robot but in more recent comics he has been a real kid and has you know is um, uh, a person of of you know a real person that's helped out uh, both Batman and Superman in, in building things for them.
0: That's awesome well I, um, I hope that you know while he's doing that and he does that as the Toy Man does he refer to himself as the Toy Man?
2: Yeah, he doesn't have a costume or anything. He just—it's just like it's almost, um, I guess, like a an online name, if you like. He, he ah. calls himself the Toy Man. So, gotcha. uh, but uh, I think Superman and Batman refer to him as Hero, so they know who he is.
0: Yeah, I guess I would get really frustrated if I was Hero, you know, trying to do good under the Toy Man name, and there's Winslow <laughs> Shot, you know, kind of <laughs> m- messing it, it up for everyone. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So, um, and Steve, I guess you're you're most familiar with the Winslow Shot version.
2: Definitely. Um, that's the the version of the character that I'm most familiar with and I understand them using the name in the Supergirl TV series um, because if they used, say, the name uh, Jack Nimble or something like that, nobody would know, or a very, very small minority of people would know that that was a you know version of the Toy Man. So using the the name Winslow Shot uh, in the Supergirl TV series is definitely a marker for comic book fans to think about what this character might end up being. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hope they, um, now that I know about these other versions of Toy Man, I hope we get references somehow. I don't know if there will actually be a Jack Nimble or a Hiro Akamura show. I don't know if they'll show up, but it would be fun to maybe get references to them. Mm, yeah.
2: Definitely.
1: Well, uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but um, there have also been different uh, incarnations of uh, Winslow Shot aside from the comics. Um, he's been in a bunch of animation. Um, Toyman's first animated appearance was in the New Adventures of Superman uh, animated series in 1966, um, but this Toyman was the son of a, the original Winslow Shot Toyman. He's also a villain on. Challenge of the Super Friends cartoon, uh, and is a member of the Legion of Doom, voiced by uh, Frank Welker. And this version kind of, uh, as I think um, Steve just pointed out, that uh, he resembles the Jack Nimble, Jester-type version. Um, Toy Man is featured in Superman the Animated Series, but voiced by Bud Cort. Uh, and in this version, Toy Man is actually, again, Winslow Shot's son, Um, He appeared on Superman the Animated Series in the episodes Fun and Games and Obsessions with a cameo in Action Figures. And Bud Cort also voiced Toyman in the animated TV series Static Shock.
0: And I don't know about you, Steve. um, And Teresa, I don't know if you've watched any episodes of Superman the Animated Series with Toyman, but – Toy, this this version of Toy Man, I think, is the creepiest. I don't know how mm. you feel about that, mm.
2: Steve. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The fact that his face doesn't move, that it's a it's a mask, or that it's, you know, it's it's creepy because of the fact that he, there are no emotions on his face. It's just this frozen smile that's just permanently there and the, the voice behind it, as you say, uh, voiced by Bud Court, just does a great version of being this creepy, sinister kind of Toy Man that uh, gets under your skin.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I haven't seen that uh, in any of the uh, episodes with him in it. So yeah. now I don't want to. Thanks. Y- yeah, don't don't <laughs> don't watch it before you go <laughs> to bed. You might have nightmares. Um. Well. Uh. In addition to that, um, Toy Man was also in uh, Justice League. Um, Corey Burton voiced him there, and uh, he's in the Justice League episode hereafter. Uh, But on Justice League Unlimited, Bud Court came back as Toy Man and is featured in the episodes Alive and Destroyer, uh, with cameo appearances in I Am Legion, To Another Shore, and The Great Brain Robbery. (laughs) Toy Man was also in season five of The the Batman, called Lost Heroes Part One, voiced by Richard Green. Um, And again, he's got the kind of jestery Jack Nimble costume. Um, and on Batman, the Brave and the Bold, Toyman appears uh, in an episode called Battle of the Superheroes, voiced by John DiMaggio, uh, who also played him in the animated film Superman Doomsday. Um, now, aside from the Winslow shot version, the Hiro Okumora version of Toyman appears in Superman, Batman Public Enemies, uh, voiced by Calvin Tran. Uh, the Jack Nimble version of Toy Man appears in the direct-to-video animated movie JLA Adventures Trapped in Time, uh, and he's in the uh, Legion of Doom there as well and voiced by Tom Gibbous. Um, and Toy Man has been featured in segments on <laughs> Robot Chicken's DC Universe special <laughs> um, because of his Legion of Doom membership. And uh, Toy Man appears in the Young Justice episode, Intervention, voiced by Cameron Bowen, and he is referenced in Batman vs. Robin.
0: Yeah, that's really cool to me that all three versions of Toy Man has, have gotten some screen time in mm. uh in the animated stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot of Winslow shot in there, um, but there's some Jack Nimble and some some hero and uh and it's cool because you also get some some of the different backstories like a couple of times. It is the son of winslow shot um and there's a really great little backstory thing in in the first episode of uh his appearance in superman the animated series where they explain that he is the son of the toy maker so uh so i think it's cool that we're we're getting variations in the animation uh, of the different versions of toy man totally uh steve do you have a favorite animated toy man
2: yeah, well, I would have to say that Superman the Animated Series version uh, was my favorite uh, animated version uh, because of the, the creepiness and, you know, because, I mean, you think of a character like Toy Man uh, and some of other Superman's other villains like Mr. Mixis Pidlick and um, the Prankster and these type type of characters don't get a lot of love because of the fact that they're supposed to be, you know, funny type of characters, that they're, um, not necessarily evil villains or dastardly villains, but um, this version of the Toy Man in the Superman the Animated Series uh, really pushed the envelope for that. Uh, it really, you know, while he did have toys and, he, you know, there were robots and teddy bears and, and flying airplanes <laughs> and ducks and things that were his, you know, his weapons, uh, the character himself and the voice and the face, uh, you know, made you, you know, sit up and take notice of him.
0: Oh, yeah, there's a – I can't remember which episode it is. I th- think it might be the Fun and Games episode. I'm not sure. But, like, there is this huge, big rubber duck that kind of comes up, and Superman has to stop the mm. missiles that are coming out of it. Um, but there is also – you talk about being more sinister and and possibly more violent and where it makes you take notice. that There's, there's definitely a scene in the Fun and Games episode where he has the guy who has uh, done him wrong – tied up and kind of in a uh, firing squad kind of situation mm. where the, the toy soldiers are going to shoot and kill him to death. So that is, <laughs> I, I think that character is more capable of evil than probably, I would think a lot of the characters are in Superman, the animated series. He might be mm-hmm. the most violent in a way that you don't suspect. And I think that's what makes it creepier.
2: For sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so we've talked about all the animation. Um, so he's, uh, Toy Man has also, and Winslow Shot has also uh, appeared in live action. And, <laughs> One of my favorite versions uh, was actually played uh, by Sherman Hemsley, uh, mostly known yes. for uh, being on one of my favorite TV shows of all time, The Jeffersons. Um, he played Winslow P. Shot on an episode of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman called Season's Greetings.
1: I which totally is, remember that. That was awesome.
0: <laughs> which is actually an episode written by Superman slash Clark Kent, Dean Kane. And um, this episode features Winslow, who is a toy maker, and he creates this toy called the Atomic Space Rat, which is not a toy you would think most people would want to go out and get. But uh, this toy makes kids greedy and adults act like children. So anytime it, you know, the the space rat sprays on adults or kids, it makes them a little crazy. Um, this is also really fun because Isabel Sanford, who was also, uh, she played Wheezy on the Jeffersons. Um, she, she appears with, uh, Sherman. So they kind of have a little, um, kind of romantic Jeffersons reunion, (laughs) romantic reunion there. And, um, so, but this version I think is a little different than some of the others, because like we talked about how Toy Man is, uh, at his best when he is a, a very sinister character, this version, he's actually kind of a, a sweet guy by the end of it um he got he kind of gets redeemed um uh, by the end of the episode because it's a christmas episode um so if you're looking for that evil version of toy man this is not the episode for you because um while he does want people to be greedy and and kind of want to prove to people how good of a toy maker he is um he does kind of end up being a good guy at the end um steve what, what do you think about this version of toy man
2: yeah I do remember this episode because of the fact that uh, Dean Kane uh, did direct it and um, it as you say it's not a, a sinister version of of Winslow shot at all um, but uh, I think it's kind of more played for for a bit of a laugh uh, than anything uh, sinister
1: yeah and it's t- it's totally like that cheesy kind of uh holiday episode feel to it definitely
0: yeah there's there's a lot of Terry Hatcher, you know, playing playing it like she's a, a little girl kind of running around being snotty and, and stuff like that. So it, it is a fun episode. Um, it's definitely a holiday episode, very good episode, but um, uh, not what you would kind of expect out of Toy Man. So what I think is really interesting is that later in the run of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, they do have a more sinister, scary version of the character played by Grant Shode, who... I loved on Murphy Brown. Um, <laughs> he played a character named Harold crisply, who uh, was also a version of the toy man in an episode called toy story. And I think this version of the character actually resembled more of the classic kind of comic book version more so than Sherman Hemsley's version because he uses his toys to do bad things to people Um, but he didn't want to harm the kids he just he just doesn't like adults and he kind of wants to get back at uh, the adults who have uh, done bad things to him Um, so I think this version if you're looking for a toy man on the the Lois and Clark series this is probably the one you're looking for And when I went back to rewatch it, I I kind of was laughing because Lois kind of gets captured by uh, Harold Crispley, uh, kind of like on Superman, the animated series in um, the episode Fun and Game. So I thought that was kind of a cool connection. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it was just kind of a fun little similarity.
2: I do recall this episode. And uh, I, I think that's a common theme with the Toy Man character is of the adult who's grown up, but doesn't hasn't actually grown up if you know what I mean it's it's uh, uh it kind of harkens back to one of the sayings that I that one of the quotes that I love uh growing old is mandatory growing up is optional and <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that um this version of the character is very much in that mold where he you know uh, he's kind of his childhood has been is something that he can't let go of
0: yeah and it seems like uh the the character of toy man wants to connect with children and and kind mm. of uh one not wanting to have any burdens or uh, worries in his life, just wants to kind of play, and you you definitely see that in this episode of this Toy Story episode where you know he's he's kidnapped all these kids, but he puts them in this big kind of playroom where they can do whatever you know, eat whatever he orders them like all these burgers and fries like that kind of, that's that's how he mm. he um, feeds them. So I, I think that is. A, a good observation that he 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 does age but you know technically but um I- inside of his his personality he tries to uh remain kind of a kid at heart
1: now actually um i have a question about like the uh, the character and his motivations and stuff um because earlier we were talking about you know the the comic version of Winslow shot and how um by the end of one of those storylines it You know, Jimmy Olsen discovers that he wasn't actually married and he didn't actually have a wife and that his wife was this robot that he created. Um, So what uh, what is it? uh, What do we know about Winslow Schott that has made him this way, that has made him kind of find, you know, so much? Uh, happiness in childhood and hate adults so much and all of that um if if the whole wife' story wasn't real what what is it that drives him and and makes him that way? do we know is there any kind of is there an alternate kind of motivation for him that we know about
2: good question i i don't know if they've ever really gone too deeply into his backstory to um, explain the the reasons behind uh, you know his psychosis if you like um, and in comic book stories i you know, I mean, for goodness sake, Lex Luthor's anger and hatred over Superman was because Superboy um blew out a chemical reaction thing that he was experimenting on that made his made him go bald. Um <laughs> and so that was his whole reason for hating Superboy back in back in the day. Um yeah, I d I don't recall if there's been ever really a, a definitive explanation as to why Winslow is the toy man or why toys and childhood and everything like that is so you know, um, ingrained in his personality that he doesn't want to grow up, or maybe that he missed out on a childhood, and so he's trying to do the Michael Jackson thing and and regain yeah. and have know, like his... a Neverland
1: ranch. Yeah,
2: <laughs> right. Uh, interesting.
0: Yeah, that's wow. a good that's a good question because my my knowledge of his motivations is basically backed up by oh he was fired from his job or somebody did him mm. wrong, and that's what makes him kind of go evil but in terms of him wanting to be a toy maker i don't know that i know the answer to that question i don't know what connects him to loving toys or wanting to build toys um so i think that would be a really cool thing for them to explore on the cbs series is to show why um winslow or, or when uh wants to to be connected to that what what makes him love toys, you know, what makes him want to I, I don't know if this you know, the CBS version, I don't know if he's going to be a guy who kind of tinkers with toys, or if he just, you know, has a lot of toys on his desk. Um, yeah. But Yeah, I think that would be a cool thing for them to explore.
1: Well, that's actually interesting because he, you know, the personality of his that we've seen so far is that he's very kind of, I mean, he's childlike in the way that all of us geeks are childlike, right? Yeah, like we yeah, love yeah. going to Comic Con, getting toys, getting collectibles, yep. um, having a very youthful spirit, and being very kind of cheerful and 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 hopeful about heroes and all of that. So um, I wonder, yeah, if that's part of the built-in personality traits that they've got going on for him that could go mm. dark at any moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I'm even thinking about myself, like at my cubicle at work, I have a bunch of action figures on top of my filing cabinet. Um, so I'm not going to uh, go out and use a teddy bear to kill somebody. Um, so <laughs> so, so what, makes, what makes a guy who, who has action figures on his desk, you know, what, what would make him do that? So I think that would be really, that's a, that would be cool to know that answer yeah um well the the most recent version of a live action toyman um before the c b s version was uh played by uh, an actor named Chris Gautier which i assume is Gautier that's the the french French pronunciation that I'm familiar with it could be yeah. Gauthier or or G- Gauthier, um, but I'm going to go with Um, Gauthier. He played Winslow Schott uh, slash Toyman in three episodes of Smallville. Um, The first one was Requiem. Um, And it was really creepy the way they introduced him. And it was actually a very good Toy Man introduction uh, because in it, he uh, Winslow's talking to Lex Luthor through a doll that to me looked a lot like Bud Court's Toy Man on Superman, the animated series. So super Mm. creepy um, Mm. that he's he's talking to this uh, uh, toy, this doll, um, as he's kind of hatching his plan to to blow up some stuff. Um, And he was also in two other episodes, Echo and Prophecy. And um, in in Prophecy, which is really fun, is that he has his own version of the Legion of Doom, which seems to be a characteristic of Toyman throughout the different incarnations. So it was fun to see him (laughs) assembling his Legion of Doom villains.
2: Yeah, this version of the character, I guess, calls back to what we were just talking about, about, you know, there being geeks and 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 fans out there who you know um, have a particular bent on you know liking certain things and uh, if anything this the 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 look and, and feel of this character is kind of like that um, I guess you'd say what people in the in the general public you know see uh, a geek or a, or a nerd looking like um, he has <clears> that you know that that persona about him of that cliche of you know the the big you know hairy kind of Overweight kind of fella that um, sits behind his computer kind of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And uh, the the cool thing about this one is you, you do get to see kind of the the live action use of uh, the toys very well. Um, I, I know there's one scene where he is trying to hurt Oliver Queen in the hospital, and he has uh, the the monkey with the symbol is um, kind mm. of as kind of a timer that as as he gets to like fifty. Fifty-two or fifty-three clangs, like a bomb's going to go off. So that that was kind of fun for me with this version. Um, even though he is kind of the nerdy guy who kind of sits alone and hatches a plan, um, he he. I, I liked the use of the toys on a, mm. the Smallville version.
1: Actually, it's funny you bring up that that monkey with the symbols because you're talking about like creepiness. Like, there's certain toys that are just inherently creepy, um, <laughs> and that's one of them is the monkey with the symbols. And the other, I mean, dolls in general are just creepy yes. by nature. Not not all dolls, but like little girl dolls that like porcelain dolls, yes. like those kind of dolls are just super creepy no matter mm-hmm. what context. Um,
0: that's why so. they're that's why they're used in the Poltergeist movie. Exactly. If they came alive and started, you know, doing things, unpredictable things, it would be very scary.
1: Well, I think, um, I mean, we've kind of already talked about our favorite stories and stuff, right? So, or favorite portrayals, unless there's anything, Steve, that uh, if you'd like to tell our listeners, um, if there's like a definitive kind of Winslow shot story that they should check out or something that's like a favorite for you, uh, we'll we'll ask you about it
2: yeah sure I think that we've kind of touched on the the comic book story with the the death of um, of adam um, cat grant's son being a, a very key and prominent toy man story that uh, from the comic books that probably uh, stands out as the as the definitive toy Man story or as the one that people remember the most uh, it's interesting that they've gone on Supergirl uh, at naming uh, cat grant's son something different uh, mm-hmm. not Adam. Um, I'm skipping on what his name
0: uh, Carter uh, Car- yeah. yeah that's yeah. right
2: uh, Carter so uh, that'll be interesting uh, to see if there's any kind of play there or any kind of um, I don't know hint towards that I doubt it but um, it, it's interesting that they announced that Cat Grant will have a son in this TV show and so I guess a lot of fans just automatically made that jump to you know whether or not there'll be something along those lines to play out in uh, in future episodes Uh, So from the comic book point of view, uh, for for Toy Man, that's definitely one to check out. And as we've been saying all along, the Superman the Animated Series version of the character is another one that uh, stands out in my mind as being uh, a very cool version of the character.
0: Yeah, I think the Superman Animated Series version is my personal favorite uh, just because he creeps me out. He's evil. He's villainous. He's unashamed of it. Um, and so I, I think that's a, a really good introduction if you kind of want to see some Toy Man. I, I think Superman the Animated Series is the way to go. And I would I would definitely recommend the story of uh, Toy Man killing Cat Grant's son. I think uh, the issues I have of that are uh, S- Superman 84 and 85 it doesn't, sh- you know, exp- explicitly show the death, um, but you do see um, kind of the implied killing of the son, and it's actually really well done. Um, the Superman eighty four issue is super creepy um, with uh, the big uh, Toyman face with the teeth and the the creepy mm. glasses and, and everything, is. Um, and it's kind of and i know we'll probably talk about this when we talk about cat grant but um the issue following the death of her son is kind of an interesting way in how cat handles it so um i definitely recommend those two issues
1: what's uh it's funny cuz as you're talking about you know cat grant and her son and and you know uh, her son being named carter on the show but she had a son named adam and i just I uh, wonder how they're going to play with that because also um, we've talked about Winslow Shot uh, or, or versions of the Toyman being the original Winslow Shot's son, and so I wonder if the Winslow Shot that we are getting to know on the CBS version is Winslow Shot Junior. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe uh, Carter is not her first son uh, or her only son, um, and maybe you know. Winslow's dad ha- might have had something to do with her not having two sons. Um, I just made that up right now. Th- you're welcome, CBS. Um, <laughs> you're, wel- you're, you're welcome, Greg Berlanti. Free I just idea. Handed you, handed you a storyline. Um, but, yeah, so uh, – but it's, it's interesting to think about because, uh, you know, the uh, there being so many layers with the Toy Man moniker, you know, uh, you mm. know. This version of Winslow Shot could be any version of Toy Man. I mean, the way that they kind of switch them out and switch them around. Um, there's no guarantee that he's the Winslow Shot necessarily. I think cool. that's yeah. that's an interesting thought. Well, on um, that interesting thought, um <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh wraps up our discussion for this week. Um s- said pretty much everything we could say about Winslow Shot without yes. having like a dissertation about it. Um <laughs> But thank you, Steve, so, so much for joining us uh, to talk about this character um, and for sharing your insights and your your preferences with us. Now, how can people find you on the Big Wide Interweb?
2: Well, um, firstly, thanks for, for inviting me to be on the show. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed uh, chatting with you both about Winslow's Shot. I'm looking forward to the Supergirl TV series. As for finding me on the, on the internet, obviously go to supermanhomepage.com. Uh, that's the, the website uh, we've been running now for 21 years. Uh, it's the number one Superman fan site in the world. And uh, we have so much on there for, for fans to explore. Um, as Rebecca knows, uh, we do our own live uh, radio show, Michael Bailey and I, on Monday nights at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Saving Time. If anyone wants to check out uh, that, and we've got podcasts and videos and weekly reports and all that kind of stuff going on, so uh, supermanhomepage.com.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of awesome content there, and uh, your podcasts are, are high-quality, good stuff, so people need to check it out. Thank you Definitely. very much. Um, If you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio.
1: And we're available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you've got some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And we are a part of the DC TV podcast circle. So if you also like Gotham,
0: Arrow, The Flash, and the upcoming Legends of Tomorrow, subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC on Twitter and like DC TV podcast
1: on Facebook. As for me, you can find my blog, uh, the Teresa Jacino experience at Teresa Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Teresa And I'm on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Teresa Experience. Uh, and lastly, I'm also at Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Teresa and you can follow me on Twitter at Derby
0: Kid, that's derbykid. That's D E R B Y K I D, and watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtubecom duckmilkprod, That's D U C K M I L K P R O D. And lately, I've been uh, documenting my five K training experience for for someone who, for someone who does not consider herself a runner. Uh, i 've been documenting all of that to try to see my progress and i 'm actually going to run i 've walked five ks previously, but this uh, this uh, one i 'm going to do this weekend is actually i 'm going to try to run it so we 'll see what happens maybe i 'll document that to see if I succeed um, but that 's uh, kind of the the newest stuff that i 've uh, been posting there lately.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Listen, don't sell yourself short. Like I'm, I keep reading your posts and stuff and it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe she's running that much. Oh, my God, I can't. believe. Like I can bear you know, it's like if I try to do that, I would like die. So you've been that, doing awesome, awesome uh, progress. That's why there is a couch to 5K app.
0: It's because yes. <laughs> uh, people can literally go from the couch to running a 5K. So uh, if I can do it, anybody can do it.
1: Yeah, I need to get back on that. I started it and I got to week like five. And I was like, I can't do, anymore. <laughs> can but do one, it anymore. You what? it. But one day I will push through. Uh, but until next time, uh, I'm still Teresa Giussino. And I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And before you start thinking capes are lame. Remember that they help in aerodynamics.